Hello and welcome to the Walker Division podcast. Women of a certain age. Not fast, not stylish, but out there. This is our very first podcast, so we'll tell you a little bit about ourselves, who we are, what we do, before finding some far more interesting guests next time. If nobody wants to speak to us, you'll probably find this is a very short series of two middle-aged women talking but not listening to each other. What was that? What? Who? So, why women of a certain age? Well, blame my mother. She refuses to have a middle-aged daughter because that would make her old and she's only 75, so obviously that is not the case. But she did agree on the phrase, women of a certain age. That's one thing. The other is to do with all the campaigns to get women involved in sport. All this girl can stuff. Fab, great, but we don't really fit their demographic. So it's a case of adapting that. You know, this woman of a certain age can, if she can get off the sofa without farting or weeing. And you get a bonus point right now if you're doing pelvic floor exercises while thinking, oh yeah, that's me. Anyway, a lot of stuff is spouted about um, epic trips and journeys, but that takes a lot of time and a lot of effort. And that really isn't appropriate for many people, especially us. For us, it's all about finding your own adventures at your own pace. We like to call them our tea time adventures. Whatever it is you like doing, just get out there and do it. Have fun and don't try and compare your adventures unfavourably with the seemingly impossible. Never forget your little adventure could be impossible to someone else. Does it matter about someone else's trip if what you're doing sets your heart on fire and gives you lovely memories to look back on and make you laugh? And we've got quite a lot of those. And we do quite a lot of laughing, which is good. It's what it's all about. Absolutely. We don't take ourselves seriously. Or very much else, actually. (laughs) So that's Walker, but who are we? Well, I'm Hannah. I do the words because I'm really bad at pictures. I also do the pointing at things when we go out because I I look at all the landscape and the archaeology and the history and the rocks and all that stuff that makes up where we live and play. I'm a freelance writer now. I used to be a professional bike mechanic. Yes, I know. Girls can't do spannery things, but I did manage quite well. So I also know what I'm talking about when it comes to the techie side of bikes. These days it's writing about bikes and riding and all that kind of stuff. There is, plug, a new guide to the Pennine Bridleway coming out in May this very year. So part of the series of podcasts will be talking to various people about the trail. People like the trail manager, the rangers, so the folk actually looking after it physically, plus those who are affected by the users, such as cafe owners, mountain rescue teams, and people who live alongside the trail and use it on a regular basis. So, because I'm so bad at pictures, I have a photographer who comes around with me. She also happens to be a good friend now, after several years of riding and playing out together. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you the living legend... That is Jules Diamond. Jules, who are you? Thanks, Hannah. Um, I wouldn't actually say living legend. I'd more say, let's say, a legend in my own living room these days. You're um, not in your living room. I am in mine. your living room. <laughs> so I'm Jules. I've been in the cycle industry now for, ooh, let's see, well over 40 years. I started very young. But for the last 20 years, I've been a freelance photographer and I've focused mainly on cycling. It's just an absolute passion of mine, from road cycling and now through to mountain biking, which I do quite a lot of with with Hannah. That's good. Um, and you take pictures of me riding, so it works quite well, actually. So that's who Walker is. That's who we are. How did this all start? Can you actually remember? Yeah, it was. It was a couple of years back now. I think. Um, is I... that are you using couple in that sense that most people over thirty do? Is that? Is... <gasps> oh, oh be... I can't remember yeah. when. It's a couple of years. Let me just check my diary now. Let's see what was I doing. <laughs> so how I remember it was that I live on the other side of the valley from uh, oh. you lovely people. It's a good twelve miles away. So 
got introduced to garage bikes as it was back then I didn't know this place existed and then I get introduced to this lovely group of women who went riding regularly and it was it was a revelation unfortunately we used to go out for occasional tapas and meet up and one of our friends Sarah she's just not wired right she decided that ridden at an event called Relentless which is a 24-hour mountain bike event up in Scotland we are the champions Par- well we were that year well apparently yes um, the, some of the ladies had come back with some jerseys and were quite happy with that they thought it'd be great if we could actually get a few more women and go up there and, and you know populate the the um, the male dominated sport with a with a few more women having a go, and so I got roped into it, didn't I? You yep. said yes, and you were sober. There was no there was no alcoholic coercion involved at all. There was none whatsoever. And at the time, I liked to think I was fit, and I liked to think I could ride a mountain bike. Unfortunately, neither of those things were quite that true. But I thought, brilliant, it's January. And this event wasn't until October. So plenty of time to get fit. Plenty of time to learn how to ride my bike properly. Ha ha ha, we laughed. I said, I'll take you out, Jules. Come riding with me. We'll do a little bit of practice. We'll get used to it all. Yeah, but at the time, I didn't really know who Hannah was. She was this sort of a very cynical lady mechanic in a bike shop, a very rare beast. And and I was I was slightly nervous because... I'm a bit shy, really. And, um, you know, I was like, well, this, who is this woman who, who actually wants to take me out and teach me how to ride? Not a complete novice, but I wasn't great. And I was just so nervous. Meanwhile, Hannah was really nervous about taking me riding because... Oh, my God, it's Jules Diamond, the photographer. I'd seen her at events for years. You know, she, there she was in a bush or a ditch somewhere taking pictures as I rode past slowly racing or rather riding around with a number on the front and I was I was terrified of her she once took a picture of my feet at Todd Cross and I was oh Jules Diamond took a picture of my feet yeah and I was like really because <laughs> <laughs> to me I you know I'll take photos of anybody I'm not fussed to be honest yeah, thanks. <laughs> destroy but my dreams your feet were fascinating because they were up to your ankles in mud at the time that's so, Todd uh, Cross for you absolutely. if any of you ever rode Todd Cross stunning event lovely but always very 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 muddy so anyway fast forward to august of that year where we have not actually taken hannah up on this this delightful generous um, generous offer but come august i was thinking it was getting a bit too close to this event which i was still riding apparently i hadn't actually done any night riding up until that point so maybe it would be a good idea to go and do something so i was like hannah (laughs) So we used to go to the park and uh, I even bought some cones so we could make some corners and make Jules practice moving her hips and then stopping them moving again uh, to go around the corner in a nice, delicate, gentle, balanced way. We're still working on that one. We're still working and those hips still don't move. Well, they do move, they just don't stop when they should do. I mean, I remember the the riding around the woods, the cackling in the woods mainly, but also the time then we had somebody come out with riding. They never came out with us again after that time. No, it was really strange, was it? That happened with quite a few people. Oh, you go riding, Deagles. Can I come along? Yeah, sure, come on. And um, never again. We never see them again. Nope. But anyway, so that, that started our friendship, basically. It went from riding once a week with me being absolutely terrified. I remember going to the shop the first time, actually physically shaking because 
I didn't know what I was letting myself in for and I just felt so nervous. And now I'm still the complete idiot on the trail, but I'm a little bit more confident. I'm no fitter. <laughs> no, that goes in uh, that goes in waves, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. lockdown fitness. But at, but at the end of the day, we decided that we'd, we'd sort of like come up with Walker because we're watch, watching the media and just looking at how it's all developed and it's all about cycling further, faster, bigger, better. And we were like, that's not us. Oh, yeah, bugger that. We'll no. just go for a ride. We like riding bikes. And we like riding bikes at our own pace. And we like riding bikes slowly. Maybe a little bit quickly when we see a man of a certain age and we the little terrier comes out and I chase him down. But that's another story anyway. Um, yeah, sometimes <laughs> you can tell Jill's used to ride time trials. She gets her head on and yeah. off she goes. See, unfortunately, in a former life, I used to be quite fit and I used to do quite a lot of cycling and I used to be head down, bum in the air, as fast as you possibly go, not taking any notice of what's around me, just fast as possible. Now it's all about slowing down, and having a look at the landscape and Han's the perfect companion to do that with because she has the infinite amount of knowledge about everything including geology train lines where tracks go and she's very good at waving her arms even when she's riding and she managed to fall off either well I'm sorry to disappoint you there Mrs. it's me that falls off <laughs> I'm well, the one that takes that biscuit well you're a typical tester can go fast in a straight line can't go around corners to save your life bless you I do try we do go down to uh, a, a little um, a little mountain bike park near us called Oakwell and there's quite a few berms now you have this picture in your head where in your head you are a goddess and you're riding down these berms and you're just taking them really smoothly and, and you're looking great but you know actually the other picture is that like you're looking like an old woman juddering down the tracks but hey it doesn't matter I'm enjoying myself yeah despite I... the amount of piss takes I get I think you should open your eyes occasionally as well. I think that might actually help. So we'd been riding for a while and we'd become very good friends. And I said to Jules, right, what we should do next is go bikepacking. Yeah, I mean, I like adventures. Yes, you do. I do like adventures. I just don't have the imagination or the inclination to actually do them myself. My work sort of used to take me away from home quite a lot and I'd be quite busy. And, you know, so the idea of coming home and sort of like going off somewhere and having to plan that all, it was like, I can't be doing with that. So when Han decided, that we were going to do those things and she was going to you know plan it all and and I could I could just go out and have and just go along and see what it was like it was great Brilliant. I found Jules is a very willing willing victim <laughs> as long as I don't tell her too much about the trip beforehand although even if I do tell her too much about the trip beforehand she hasn't been listening anyway so it doesn't actually matter yeah how. pretty much I, I have no inclination she tells me that we're going somewhere she gives me all this information and I'm like brilliant we ride in bikes somewhere different great I don't care doesn't matter. So our first trip was to the Lake District. We had chips and everything. Yeah, now the beautiful thing about this, this was sold to me on the on the proviso that she knew where all the chip shops were, she knew where all the toilets were, and she had this great little loop um, sort of like set out. So at the time, Han was working in the bike shop, so it was a case of leaving it after work, driving somewhere, leaving the car, and then going on to doing this little circuit. So it was only, we only spent one night out, didn't we? We did, yeah. yeah it was yeah. either a Saturday night or a Tuesday night. I can't remember which. Yeah. It was after... Because I didn't work either Wednesdays or Sundays. Yeah, yeah. So it was after work. We dashed off up to the lakes. Yeah. And we did a, a lovely loop around clay fights, uh, Elterwater. But that was after we'd had our chips and a, and a wee first. Obviously. 
yeah oh, first yeah. up get you get the important things out of the way but yes and i remember being out and a huge grin on my face bikes were all set up with the bags and everything and, and at the time though we got it all out and i'm going so i'm quite nervous again because i'd not really ridden with my bike fully laden i'd ridden with panniers on on a, a road bike years ago when i was a lot younger so this was a completely new experience once we got on and realized that it was fine and we started riding and the laughter started within about ooh, a couple of minutes I'd have thought so. I would have thought so. Cackling yeah. down the lanes, frightening all the wildlife and, and the natives, of course. Um, yeah, it was just great. Just riding along, just giggling, thinking, I'm having an adventure. I'm somewhere different and I'm riding a bike and we're having a good laugh. And then it got dark and then we had our chips and then uh, we started climbing up a hill. Didn't realise at the time how steep this hill was until years later we went back and did it again. It was like, blimey, this is quite steep. But that was also the trip, if I remember rightly as well, where you ended up kissing a slug. Ah... Uh... Yes, yes I did, didn't I? So Jules had borrowed a, a bivvy bag off her husband who has elderly equipment, but it's very good quality. And that's why I married him. Uh, and I was, I sleep on my front a lot, so therefore a dribble, because I'm at that age. And I'd woken up at one point, because you don't really sleep on a bikepacking trip, you kind of doze occasionally until bits of your body ache too much and you have to turn over. Anyway, I'd woken up during one of these aching bits and thought, oh, I've dribbled. So I wiped my, I wiped my hand on my face uh, and realised it was actually a slug that was crawling on my face. I had a choice at this point. I could either go back to sleep or I could freak out about it. So I decided to go back to sleep. Most women dream about kissing frogs, but no, Han has to sort of like actually kiss a slug. Did you find a prince or a princess? Strangely enough, no, I woke up next to you. That was the morning as well. I'd woken up and uh, you was carefully en- entombed in your bivvy bag. You actually only woke up when the ignition on the stove went. So there was this little click, 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 click as the stove lit. And then this face appeared and went, oh, coffee. I must admit, it was my first time I'd slept in a bivvy bag. And it's the, fir- it's the first time I'd been bikepacking. So I was, again, I was really nervous about zipping myself into this bag because I'd borrowed my husband's Gore-Tex bag, with it, which had a zip on it. So you zipped yourself in. And I was thinking all sorts of things about being entombed and what if we were attacked? How would I unzip myself? And what if a fox came and attacked me and, and bit my face off? even though I was zipped into this bivvy bag. I have a very vivid imagination, very weird things. As it was, I zipped myself in, went to sleep. As Han said, didn't wake up until I heard the ignition go on. Ooh, coffee. We we, we do have standards when we're out we riding. Do. And one of those is decent coffee. Uh, it has to be done. There's a, a lovely little drip filter that weighs about 18 grams, I think, that you just clip on top of a cup, pu- put your coffee in, pour boiling water over it, cup of coffee. We also have specific choice of coffee as well, don't we? Oh, we do, yes. So we have a blend from a lovely uh, coffee makers up in Carlisle called John Watt. They do one that's very, a very high roast, very dark, um, the sort of coffee that's the colour of your soul, really. Uh, it's called High Continental and... It really is a strong brew. I, I can vouch for this because I go from being, you know, nearly zombified to sort of like running around virtually doing cartwheels after I've just had one cup. So I'm limited to one cup of a trip, unfortunately, because I do like my coffee. However, this coffee is so good. Yeah, it's guaranteed it's to get you up and running. With ab- absolutely perfect for bikepacking. But we do have milder stuff for other times of the day. I, I have, They do do a nice decaf, so you have one of those before you go to bed. See, she treats me well. There are other standards I was taking 
taking a cheese board with us because we also like cheese and you can't you have to have standards when you go out and and there's enough if you if you pack carefully you can get quite a lot of cheese on in your bags and a nice little board as well we, we also have used rocks nice nice rocks we like rocks one no. thing you'll find out Hannah really likes rocks so nice. yep yep she's, she's she knows all about rocks I mean I like trees and you probably find me hugging a tree Han on the other hand will lick rocks well you've got to it's part of the working out what it is that's what she tells me yeah um, so I confess at this point I'm not a geologist but I do like rocks and a reasonable amount about them but only a reasonable she also knows quite a lot about railways at this point you're probably thinking she's a geek i'm not disagreeing oh (laughs) oh you say the nicest things she's a good geek though actually to be honest since i've been riding with han i've learned a heck of a lot about the landscapes that we ride in and now it's and again that's one of those things that we found with walker that we wanted to sort of like introduce people to because you tend to find a lot of people ride the trails and they're like oh how how fast can i do this and where does that go and and where does it where do i end up and you're thinking but what about what you're riding through surely it's the journey rather than the destination just slow it down and sort of like check things out since i've been riding with han I've learned a heck of a lot and discovered that the industrial landscapes around us have been absolutely fascinating. Well, we've certainly been helped by that with your use of a drone because Jules is a qualified drone pilot, all, all the bits of paper, all the boxes ticked. <laughs> yes. So the quarries look absolutely stunning from the air. Um, you did that stuff, a uh, crag quarry, which was absolutely amazing. Entirely different view of the landscape. Yeah, no, it's been fascinating. I mean, I started flying the drone just to do something a bit different with the photography side of things. It's funny because when I did my arts degree, my degree was actually based on aerial photography. Never really thought about it. And fast forward a few years and now I'm flying a drone and I'm getting all those viewpoints that I never thought I'd get. I used to climb a few trees, which is oh, not great. It's not good. It's not good for the tree and it's, it's not, not good for you. It's not. No, it's brilliant. The fact I can climb trees, it's not a problem and I can climb up stuff. I have a thing about height as well, which is not great. So I can do all these things and then I get there and then I'm like, ah, take the picture. I'm really excited. And then I completely forget how to get back down again. At this point, you finally find that I have a speed dial to the local fire brigade. Um, I on... thought it was just about your thing about fire brigades, that. Well, men in uniform, what can I say? Anyway, <laughs> so to stop me from doing that and stop being a nuisance, you know, the uh, restraining order is now lapsed, I'll have you know. I've got a drone and, as Han said, I got fully qualified, so I fly responsibly. And actually, since we've been doing the photos for the Pennine Bridalway, again, it's just opened my um, opened my eyes to what's around us. It's stuff that you would never normally see. And uh, the quarries up at Ruley Moor have just been fascinating. And the uh, the lead mining, uh, was it Hushings? It's not lead, love. Limestone. There we go. See, yes, see, see? She, knows, she knows more than I do. I just well, take the pretty pictures. She informs me what the it's The Hushings about. at Shedden Clough, which are fascinating, was also, though, where you said, I'll just go up this <laughs> bank so I can get a bit higher. <laughs> at which point me and Ranger Bill went, thought oh, that's why you bought a drone. <laughs> Unfortunately, idiot. well, yes, I am an idiot. I also get very excited when I sort of think about taking pictures. And so all sort of sense and sensibilities goes out the window. I must also add as well, being a woman of a certain age, I am prone to hormones. Now, this is something we will touch on in a later series. We won't go into detail now because <laughs> we could be here for a few days. Is it warm in it? So, um, yeah, no, I do do stupid things like that. It sort of takes me, because I'm so excited about getting getting pictures, I just don't think things through, really. It's a bit like me in scan reading, and we'll mention on one day about that road to Cumbernauld. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you and your scan reading. 
Jules invents sentences. There'll be a series of words on a page, and Jules can invent a sentence that's never been near that collection of words on the page at all. No, ever. Yeah, it's my scan reading and my vivid imagination. I'm not quite sure if it's it's uh, it's a good combination. However, it it provides a lot of hilarity. So anyway, back to what we do and why we're doing these podcasts. Really, what? Why are we doing these podcasts? Well. <laughs> We think that's a really good idea. It's a great idea to tell you why we're doing this. We thought we'd like to introduce you to our world. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) So what is our world? Our world is writing about bike riding and the landscapes. We collaborate quite a lot for a few magazines. Hannah has just finished a guidebook called The Pennine Bridleway, which is out soon, publishing. I may not have mentioned that often enough. Yeah, Pennine Bridleway, out May the 6th from Vertebrook Publishing, available on pre-order now. But I should also mention Cranked Mountain Bike Magazine as well, which is, we write few collaborative articles for them. Great magazine, very different to the normal run-of-the-mill stuff. But yeah, we're really good friends. I'm a lot older than Han. A lot? Not really. Not really, to be honest, a couple no. of years. You're not old enough to be my mother. But in my head, I'm still 25, so I still think that I can do quite a lot of stuff that I could never do when I was 25, but I keep thinking I can do it now. One of those things is riding a mountain bike, which is fantastic, because I tend to find it's a lot safer, a lot slower. Not the way I do it, love. Not the way you do it. Hanley's a lot better bike rider than I am. But I tend to find as well, it's it's an excuse to go out and get covered in mud and have a right good laugh. One of the things I think is that I don't look my age, because I'm 83, you know. It's just going out and getting covered in mud all the time. People pay a fortune for this type of stuff. They do. Our skin is beautiful and youthful and smooth, like a baby's bottom. And we glow. With nappy rash. Oh, <laughs> done that. We glow. Glow. We do glow. We do glow, especially yeah. when we come back, because it's quite warm out there sometimes. And we do huff and puff when we go up the hills occasionally. So yeah, so Walker is all about riding when you're at a certain age. Your life's not over just because uh, you're at that age of being 50 plus and you should be thinking about buying pearls and a twin set and, and knitting in front but, of the telly. But do tell us, Jules, what was the last thing your mother said to you? Yes, my dearly departed mother. Her last words to me, oh, mountain biking, aren't you a bit old for that at your age? To which I replied, nah. Yeah, and uh, and still proving her right, I think. Yeah, and what would what does your mum think of us riding? Oh, my my mother's given up really think worrying about what I get up to. She's it's funny because now she worries about me climbing the way she used to worry about me riding. So the riding's now looks really safe in, in comparison. Is that so you go riding with me? Oddly, she's never seen me riding with you. She's seen lots of the photographs. Though. That's true, actually. She just like the fact that you do document all of my riding, so she gets a good view of actually, well, my ass, uh, amongst <laughs> other parts of me. But she does get a very heavily documented version of my life these days. I must admit, being a freelance photographer means that I take photographs all the time, not because I get paid for it. All of the time. I get paid occasionally. I mean, it, it's definitely a, a a vocation rather than a well-paid job, but I love it. I love cycling. I love um, I love taking the photos of it, and I my love... My bottom. Uh, I can't say I love your bottom quite as much as I love my husband's, but... <laughs> Words, phrases to look out for when you ride with a tog. Look at the light! A lot. I Which means light. that it's the light's gone pretty and there's going to be some photographs now. Other phrases, can you just? Yeah. Which usually involves riding back down the hill you've just toiled up and riding back up it because... The light! Or doing track stands in some really inappropriate place. That too, yeah. Yep. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a good job I can actually do truck stand. Yeah. One of the other uh, phrases, of course, is, oh, just one more time, which never is just it's one never, more time. It's never one more time, is it? <laughs> no. No. It's always several. So when we were doing the Pennine Bridle Away, I think I've ridden it six times over just doing the photograph. But the way I like to see it is that, you know, it's it's a training exercise, really, because, like, you are a lot fitter and a lot better at riding the bike than I am. And I put that down to the fact that I keep making you do these these exercises well so that's that... incredibly generous of I know. you really isn't I know. it yeah well i like to you know care in the community and all that <laughs> what i take you out and you there make is me that. fitter <laughs> yeah, there is that. yeah jules you've gone all grumpy you haven't been out i'll take you for a ride yeah well that is one of the reasons why we like riding so much people have this misconception because i catalogue the amount of riding we seem to do people think we're ultra fit and that we're out all the time I'd just like to dispel that myth is we are yeah. not fit at all. Not, not fit. Not, not fit. thin. We not don't thin. actually ride that far. Yeah, basically, we really don't fit that demographic that people think cyclists should fit, really. I mean, we're fitter than a per- your average person sat on a sofa. We can bang out, so I'd say, 20 to 30 miles if we put our mind to it. We, we don't, don't really think about riding 20 to 30 miles very often. No, that's the thing. We don't think about thinking we must ride this far, we must do this, we must go this fast. We just go out and go, ooh, it's a great day, let's go riding. But also, we tend to find that if we go riding, it helps us both with our headspace especially during lockdown you find if i don't go riding i get i do get really grumpy and i used to get really really grumpy i think i was still going through the menopause again i didn't realize at the time and the riding seemed to help that because you could go out and we'd spend a lot of time talking funnily enough yeah a lot of our early rides at least half the ride was spent talking sort of ranting in the woods which is good because it meant that jill's didn't take it out on her lovely but very poor husband dave (laughs) Uh, and I used to message him when she'd set off going, she's a lot happier now, she's coming home. Which is great, because it, it's like therapy. You're riding, you're getting some exercise, you're having a good rant, and, and, uh, and you know, you're shouting through the trees, and you're getting covered in mud, and you, and it's brilliant. It's like reliving your childhood all over again. I think I don't think there's any times where I've, I've regretted doing any of this, to be honest. No, there was... The, I remember one ride where we cut it early, back in back in our early ride, riding days. And it was when we were pedalling downhill into a headwind. <laughs> Field of doom. Field of doom. And it was just, oh, you know what? I'm not feeling the love for this. Let's go home and have a cup of tea instead. But at the time, you see, I didn't know where I was riding. And I was like, yeah, OK. Uh, if you'd have said we were going to carry on, I would have carried on because I was at your, um, I was at your mercy of those oh, early days. Oh, you still are, don't I you? know. When we used to go to the spa, which I hated. Yeah, the spa is a particularly muddy bit of local trail, nicknamed the spa, because if you paid money to get that muddy and that immersed in mud, you'd be at a spa. Uh, it's it's never particularly well drained, even in summer. In winter, it is, it's grim. But now we, we don't ride that anymore because of my inability to actually ride the lines because it's not just muddy, it's also rutted and it's also stepped. So, yeah, it's my uh, my nemesis. You have fallen off there a couple of times. I have actually ridden it and I have fallen off it. It's not my favourite. So now we ignore it completely and go up Nab Lane. Nab Lane's interesting. There's a lot of nabs in the north. Uh, <laughs> you find them on sandstone and it means a short, steep slope. And it's right. It is it definitely is. short and steep. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's a very special little creature. You know, I'm sure um, people listening will have their own favourite little bits of their local rides that even it doesn't matter how many times you ride up it I think the only time it was it felt easier was when we'd been in Wales 
for one of the Welsh ride things. Oh, and then it was nearly a flat then, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Because we'd spent three days riding up, vert- well, pushing our bikes up vertical hillsides. How hard can three miles be? Well, there's a phrase to conjure with. We've got plenty to talk about uh, with bikepacking. Clearly. Um, yeah, clearly. Despite last year being the lost year, we did quite a lot of... We didn't do bikepacking, but we did quite a few trips, which we can talk about. And also, 2019 was a particularly special year because when we did our first bikepacking trip the year before, we then decided... Well, sorry, no, Hannah decided we were going to do Bivy a month which is what we spent 2019 doing. Now, I was excited by this prospect because there was a badge at the end of it. We had a great time. But I think we should sort of wrap this one up now and sort of like leave you on a bit tenterhooks and, um, you know, come back later and we'll tell you all about our fantastic bivvy a month. So thank you very much for listening to our podcast. This has been a Walker Division podcast brought to you by Versifoot Publishing and Alpkit. Mm-hmm.